Good evening, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you after a Mavs loss, uh, 122 to 118. This is Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Uh, it's been a couple of days since Josh and I have been with you because, uh, you know, we just decided to let some other folks have a run on the pod. But, you know, after a game like tonight, it, it had to be Josh and I. And, you know, normally when I start these podcasts, I punch at Josh immediately because I like to gather my thoughts. I like to, you know, kind of get a little bit measured because if any of you follow me on social media, I'm a pretty emotional guy in game. Um, I was pretty flamethrowery after the Mavs lost tonight on Twitter. But here's the thing, guys. We're going to get to Luca. We're going to get to the loss. We're going to get to big picture stuff. I want to say in terms of feeling, just fan visceral reaction to that game, that was an incredibly frustrating loss. In the big picture of the Mavericks and of how things are going to go this year, does it matter that much? No, it doesn't. But right now, after giving up my Saturday night to watch that game, Mavericks had a couple of four-point leads in both the fourth quarter and in overtime, and to come up short is extremely frustrating. The Mavericks lost that game in the end, in the fourth quarter and overtime, due to mistakes on their part between terrible shot attempts, turnovers, and stagnant offense. The Mavericks ended up losing a game that they had in the bag, and that absolutely sucks. Okay, now that I've gotten that off my chest, I think <laughs> I think we should talk about the game first and then really close on Luca if that's okay because I don't we we might end up talking about Luca way too long even though he didn't play. So I want to talk about the rest of the game, what mattered, what was good. So what did you see from what you were able to to watch tonight, Josh? Uh I think it was I I was going to say if they would have won, it probably would have been the most remarkable win this team has had in four years. Like just when you think about where this team's been and, and, and what they've accomplished or their lack of accomplishments in the last, you know, handful of years, like this would have just been a wild win because the heat are a good team. They've got a lot of solid players. They probably don't have a lot of guys that if you don't watch every night that you don't really recognize, uh, but they've got some te- like really talented guys, and and Spolstra always gets gets guys to play well together. Like that is just his thing, no matter what the talent level. Uh, so so for him to have some actual like honest to god talent now, you're kind of seeing what this heat, you know what what he can do. Um, but I, I was flabbergasted that this was not a forty point blowout loss. I'm just as frustrated as you are, you know. Uh, it, just as a fan, you know, the fan part of my brain is just as frustrated considering how, how many. Like you said, it wasn't just like it wasn't just that they were bad plays. They felt like just catastrophic bad plays. Like uh, I'm, I keep thinking about the Jalen Brunson missed layup off that Kristaps uh, pass on the back door. Uh, that turnover he had late, I can't. Remember, I think it, I can't remember if that was a fourth quarter or an overtime turnover. But the one where he he kind of dribbled it off his foot and lost it. Um, just really like brain dead, you know, the, the Kristaps getting beat on the, the free throw rebound, like stuff that like, you know, that in the, in that singular moment, not having Luca, you know, shouldn't necessarily mm-hmm. matter. Uh, so that's, that's the kind of stuff that's just extremely frustrating, but I'm just, I'm shocked. Like this, sh- this should have been a 30 point loss and it wasn't. Yep. And you look at the roster that played tonight and, you know, you look at what this looks like without Luca and it's, it should be bad. Like they should, 
I just I can't comprehend that they were able to almost take this game against the, you know one of the best teams in the East, even though Miami played the night before and they had to travel in. Like it's wild. It's wild for me to be just just as impressed as I am by the effort. My fan brain is just as maddened by the fact that they kind of they gave the game away. Like they kind yeah. of gave it away. Yeah, they make one fewer mistake in the final two minutes of regulation and the entire five minutes of overtime. One fewer mistake, they probably win that game. And and you know, realistically, we should be saying, all right, this is this is a great thing. Uh, but in the moment, I'm a little frustrated. Now, in terms of what this means, uh, uh, actually, you know what? I don't want to pivot to that yet. I'm sorry. Like I, I really, there was some really fascinating play. Tim Hardaway Jr was all over the map uh uh hoisted 14 three-pointers hit some absolutely incredible ones in in uh with defense draped all over him and then missed some wide open ones that just they're the sort of shots that you just live and die with with him you know he was he was really the main reason they were in that game they started off the second half uh it was i it was it was a pretty crazy run i want to say it was like 11 0 something like that to get them going or 11 to 2 and you know that was really what what his effort his you know kind of lack of conscience is what you know really really got the team going um i'm very fascinated about porzingis who you know he had 20 he was a, he was a, a a plus 0 which is is really rather remarkable considering he played 40 minutes in a game where they were down at some points by a ton, which mean he was out there when they got killed and then also out there when they rallied back. And I, I want the, the fact that he was out there when they rallied back is really interesting to me. Uh, the 22 points on, on 21 shots is pretty horrendous, but he did grab 14 rebounds. Um, we will not talk about, however, we will mention the fact that he let Bam Adebayo get that final rebound um, after the Jimmy Butler two missed free throws. But again, one play out of a lot. I'm going to be really interested to watch him the next several games. I wrote there's there's no golden uh there's no silver lining to Luca being out, but I wrote in the in in my recap that I'm he needs to work through these shooting woes. This has gotten we don't really talk about it because I think our fans and then you know even the Mavericks themselves like nobody really wants to talk about his poor shooting because there's really not much to do about it. It's something he needs to work through. So when they're winning games, you know, complaining about it seems, you know, stupid. And, you know, you and I have kind of walked away from it just because there's not much to be gained. He's really attacking the rim, which is awesome. But these open look jumpers that aren't going down are astounding. And, you know, with Luca out, he's going to have to take on more of the point scoring role. And, you know, maybe he'll be able to work himself through this. He's too good a player. The form looks too good, even though I'm kind of... Eh, maybe we should have somebody at Mavs Moneyball take a look at some of his jumpers because I think he's doing, I think he's getting in a little of his own head with the shot. So maybe he's going to be able to work through some of this stuff um, because he's, you know, he's, he's an outstanding player. We're seeing more and more of, of why the Mavericks really wanted him. Um, I'm really looking forward to his contributions because he's taking good shots. He's not taking a ton of bad shots. Uh, um, Brunson kind of hung him out to dry and in, in overtime with a couple of rough looks, just giving him the ball late. But, you know, big picture, I, I think he 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 really has a chance to step up here. And, you know, maybe that could be good for the Mavericks long term, assuming assuming Luca doesn't miss, you know, like six weeks or something crazy like that. Yeah, totally. Um, I think what's interesting is that early in the season, it felt like he was hitting his open. I can't I don't have any the day, hard data, but just for just from my memory, 
feels like the first, like if you split this season in half, it feels like the first half of the season he was making his shots, his open shots. But the problem was is that they were giving him too many post-ups. They were giving him too many isolations, and they weren't using him more off the ball and on the move and and catching and finishing. And instead they were giving, you know, they were feeding him post-ups. They were feeding him isolations, and it wasn't working. I feel like the last half, you know, if you split these games in half, the last sec, the latter half to right now, they've done a pretty good job of going away from those post-ups and isolations. It's not happening, I feel like, as much as it was early on in the season. And they're really doing a much better job running more pick and roll with Luca, running more pick and roll with whoever the lead guard is, getting him on the move, getting him downhill, having him roll instead of pop. Uh, catching off of cuts, um, that kind of stuff. I feel like that's happening way more. But like you said, now he's missing all these open spot-up looks, and it's it's baffling. Um, and like you said, we don't really harp on it because in my mind, I, I've said this before on, on the podcast and I've written about it, like I honestly am giving him this year like to figure it out. You know, I don't expect him to necessarily have it all put together and him be the player he was before he was hurt after a 20 month layoff and, and pretty, you know, grueling rehab and, and not really knowing what NBA competition feels like for 20 months, I'm going to give him this year to figure it out. Cause we've seen, you know, whether it's Paul George snapping his leg, uh, Gordon Hayward with the really gruesome ankle injury, like these big injuries that take you out and you're out for a long time. It, it, the recovery process, just because you physically look okay, doesn't necessarily mean that you're all the way back. You know, there's mm-hmm. a mental aspect of it. But like you said, yeah, it's just he's missing these open looks, and it's it's frustrating as a fan. And like you said, like, what do you say? Like, you say, you know, how do you, you, you just be like, well, he's got to make them. Like, there's not really like a, you know, I feel like the Mavericks are giving him good looks, and I feel like they're running good action with him. I feel like they're doing the right things process rise and the, and the results just aren't happening. And you just feel like it's maybe a, a, a switch will flip and he will start knocking down these shots. I, I know he was three of nine from three, but I felt, you know, I mean, he hasn't had a ton of, I feel like he hasn't had a ton of multi make. I mean, when was the last time he hit three, three pointers in a game? Last time he did that was the beginning of the month, December, December uh, 1st. And then the, the time before that, November 26th. So, like, he hasn't had a game. You know, he hasn't made a lot of threes in, in a single game in a while. So, I mean, yeah. that was at least semi-encouraging. So, you know, we'll, we'll just see what it's like. Well, I mean, the other indicator that his shooting is off is he's shooting 72% from the line. And before this season, he was above 80% from as, as a three-point shooter for his career. And, you know, 10%, 9%, 8%, whatever, that's a statistic, that is a statistical, you know, it, it's it's a big enough statistical impact to wonder what the heck is happening. Um, so, you know, again, you're right, big picture, long term, something not, not really to just to, you know, kind of consider, but I'm hopeful that maybe it's a volume of attempts in an in-game uh situation is going to help him kind of maybe get through whatever whatever's going through you know whatever's going through with with some of these these shot related things you know beyond that uh you know Jalen Brunson played a heck of a game he's a big part of why they were back in it so it's it feels a little unfair to criticize him that much uh because without his effort they're not in the game it's just he was bad um for just enough you know, that, that turnover following going up, um, the turnover after, after they go up, uh, uh, 118 to 114 was just awful. It's awful. 
and and you know we'll see on the last two minutes report tomorrow from from the league he should have gotten a foul call on that on that no call on the drive with 10 seconds left in overtime little things like that you know they can eat at you um but yeah overall he's he's an experienced player he's the kind of guy that the mavericks like he's such a good value and i think he's really going to matter in the coming weeks um it was interesting that delon wright only played nine minutes rick must have not liked what he saw from from Wright at all uh Wright is the kind of multi use ball handler that i think they're gonna have to really squeeze production from in the in the coming weeks if luke is out a while just because he play you know he he like he doesn't like to shoot he likes to you know probe and pass and that sort of thing and they're gonna need that uh just because their offense is predicated on so many open looks maxi kleba played a heck of a game you know 17 points on seven and nine shooting uh you know the the Hardaway, as he forced up the final attempt uh, with eight seconds left in regulation, just did not want to pass to an open maxi, which was really something else. Um, but, you know, other than that, I think I think we need to pivot a little bit to Luca um, and really what that means, because I think this is a, a challenge in terms of the schedule, because they play four of the best teams in the Eastern Conference all in a row. They're not going to be favored in any of the games. Luca's out um it's it has the likely you know it has the 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 opportunity to become pretty ugly for dallas uh you know they have a little bit of a win uh buffer right now which is something uh important but you know playing they're you know they're playing monday wednesday friday sunday so they're playing four games in seven days after having played you know miami tonight so it's basically you know five games in eight days kind of thing and the mavericks are are it's gonna it's gonna get kind of rough i think people need to be ready not necessarily for four losses but it's it's gonna be a a challenge you know coming into these games what do you think yeah i'm for sure and it just depends on does luca have the magic dirk rubber rubber ankles where it, it looks bad and he's only out a week or is this a legitimate high ankle sprain and he's out a month and a half like it, it's it, it it's wild just kind of but even if he's out, you know, even if he's out, let's just say two weeks, right. ankle sprains linger. They yes, limit they mobility. And this is, it's an opportunity and a challenge for the team to really figure something else out. You know, they, they, Luca started playing like an MVP when they gave him the ball at an absurd usage rate. So I'm, you know, Rick, this is where Rick shines. He squeezes production from talented teams in small bursts. They can't do it for a whole season. But if they need to go 10 games without Luca, 15 games without Luca, I'm I'm oddly confident that they can somehow play 500 basketball. Well, I think what we at least saw tonight is they're they're not going to roll over. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the effort level that this team has, like the buy-in level and the trust that I think this team has with each other is pretty is pretty remarkable. Uh, and I think this is goes back to um you know, just a lot of these guys have been playing with each other for for two to three years now, so so mm-hmm. it helps. Um, we'll see if they can get if they can get another crazy Hardaway scoring night. Uh, they'll definitely need a lot of that. I thought it was interesting late in the game. They the Heat put Jimmy Butler on Hardaway, and that's like they that's how much he was killing him. And you wonder if teams with Luca out, you know, Hardaway has been killing it playing next to Luca. Uh, being able to work off that space that Luca creates, being able to get good shots off Luca passes. He was great tonight without Luca. Can he keep that up? You know, cause he looked really bad in the first part of the season because he was coming off the bench. He wasn't playing with Luca. So I'm really curious to see what kind of 
performance they can get out of Hardaway Jr. Um, like you said, DeLon Wright should be a big, big guy to watch during the time he's out. I think he didn't play. I don't know if it was because he didn't play a lot tonight because Rick didn't see, like what he see saw, but might be it was his first game back from yeah. an injury. So I wonder if it just like physically cool. he was just like he, I don't think he has it tonight. So let's let's not. Uh, risk it and make it worse right right uh-huh. well no reason to just no reason to throw them out there for 15 to 18 ineffectual minutes if in the coming weeks they're going to need to have him for 25 to 30 minutes exactly exactly um i think seth curry is going to be huge uh this next week um i've really liked i think i feel like seth and Kristaps have pretty decent chemistry in the pick and roll uh they don't run it a lot uh, but when they do, it seems like they get some good looks out of it. Yeah, so we just, we just need them to hit those good looks. <laughs> both of them are bricklayers. Good yes, Lord. yes, that, that, definitely. Um, I thought it was curious. You know, tonight Rick rode that lineup that got them back into the game, and I don't think there were really any subs until the very end. You know, like scramble situation subs at the you know at the final you know final twenty thirty seconds. So he kind of rode that lineup hard into the from the fourth quarter into overtime. So um we'll see what it what it'll look like uh, over the course of the game because you know what is it what is it going to look like when you're starting you know a game without Luca instead of losing him halfway and you're scrambling and, and you you know Rick is probably in the mode of okay I got to play the guys I can trust right now and now they can game plan they can they can kind of go through a practice they can go through some walkthroughs and it'll be different well it'll be I'll be curious to see what how the minutes shake out uh now that they can go into a game knowing that Luca's not going to be there so yeah, I mean it. It'll be hell, like you said. Like you said, it won't be. You're not necessarily saying it's going to be an 0 for four against these Eastern Conference teams, but it'll be. If they want to win, it might be ugly, and it'll be rough games, and it'll be. They're going to have to grind through these games, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's not too much more to talk about. They play the Bucks uh, Monday night. We will probably have a fair amount of content up. Uh, because talking about what the offense means without Luca is really interesting. As as you know, tonight was a pretty good example. Their process is good, so I still expect them to put up a fair amount of points. You know, against some of the teams they're going to play. So we'll come back to you uh, probably Monday night with another episode. Thanks for coming and uh, checking out our work. As always, rate, review, subscribe. Tell all your friends about the Mavs Moneyball podcast feed. This has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. Everybody have a good weekend.